Former Frontier Flyer defenseman Sean Van Allen, number 77 for the Division Three White Mud Senior Hockey League. And you're listening to the Monday Nooner podcast. Here's Van Allen, deals it back, quick shot in front, Van Allen scores! Sean Van Allen takes the feed from Havlet, Ottawa, wins it 3-2 in overtime to take game one, and they come out and they mob Sean Van Allen. What a time to get your first ever career playoff goal. Sean Van Allen taking a feed from Martin Havlet, and he ends this one three minutes and eight seconds into the overtime period, and the Ottawa Senators win this one 3-2. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to Twirl 143 of the Monday Nooner podcast. Our pod, as always, brought to you by the King of Trucks in Rosetown, Mainline GM, Mainline Chrysler, worth the drive, every time guaranteed out to Rosetown for your next vehicle purchase. Lots of deals going on out there at the King of Trucks. And fellas, the band is back together. Barry was holding things together last week. He was... Steady on the drums, but we got Belter back today, and uh, yeah, the fellows are ready to buzz. We we are ready to go. I I kind of feel looking at the screen right now, like I'm in the 1940s with my big square headphones. Shinks down in like 97, right? The first ones that fit in the ear, but they're corded. And then I look at 2023 Boz new AirPods in doing the show. He looks like he's buzzing. You know, I have a new like swagger about me with these AirPods. <laughs> big time game changer. Please say that you were the guy in the airport <laughs> with uh, blue jeans, sport coat, <laughs> and talking way too loud at the at the gate, <laughs> so everybody could hear his story about whatever with your AirPods in. Please say you were that guy. Okay, let's let's cut right to the Kelly Chase here. So, uh, <laughs> well, not airport, but so I'm at a work event, and it's like a three day. We're not going to get too far into the weeds on my work event stories. We're just going to leave those for the imagination. <laughs> but the one night we have at a supper and awards dinner, and uh, Jordan Clark, who's my boss's boss or whatever, one of the big dogs now at Richie Brothers, former hockey guy. He won't come on the he won't come on the pod. I heard. Yeah, we got to get him on. He wants to come on, fellas. He's waiting for the invite. He has literally brought it up a few times. His little only live he's, shows with James. He was even name dropping some of the other guys. He's like you got that guy on, and you can't get me on. But uh, <laughs> anyways, back to my story. So we have this awards dinner on the one night, and I did it, fellas. This was going to be one of my shout outs. I wore sport coat and jeans, but it like looked good. It was nice dark jeans. They almost looked like dress pants. Nice blue sport jacket, nice white paisley shirt. He walks up for the event. First thing he does, he like looks at me. He's like, I knew you would do it. He said something about his his wife, Danielle, <laughs> made mention of like, check if Brandon's in a sport coat and uh, jeans at Jeez. the work event because Love the it. Nooner always I, makes fun of that look. It's a good I, look. I, I'm going to let you off the hook there because I don't think you've ever made fun of that look. It's just the look that I boycott and make fun. And then the other part to that is it's blue jeans and sport coat. Like you can wear dark, like black jeans right. or gray. And then the other thing, blue jeans, sport coat, cowboy hat, 
all bets off. You, you're allowed. That's allowed. Sean Kindop style. No, yeah, I had like hat. really, yeah. really dark blue jeans. Like in the dark room, they would have looked almost black. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I'm not like light jeans with a few rips. And then those, what are those mock Sinuk, Sinuk sport coat guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I pulled it off. It was going to be my only shout out tonight was guys who pull off jeans, sport coat look. So I'm glad we got that. Uh, how many, how many guys? Way. How many guys though were trying to do the look and they had the baggy sport coat like from their wedding yeah. wedding day or wedding suit and then they packed like Kirkland jeans and it's just nobody that's not the look just because it's jeans and sport coat it's still got to be somewhat fitted the jeans right. got to be a nice jean hey I think mine might have been Kirkland jeans but they were the they were the dark ones they, I thought they <laughs> looked all right Mavi guy Mavi guy over here Big Levi guy. no um, you know what like yeah I thought it. I don't know. There was guys in that room with worse look than me for sure. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, we, fellas. Yeah. You know, so mainline in Rosetown. What do they got buzzing? Start of a new month. So we, we usually don't get the deals start of the month. But if you scroll their socials, like we got Shouty Scotty there. Uh, looks a little cold, not wearing his Nooner toque for some reason. How about this little uh, 2023? GMC Sierra 2500 HD. Ooh, big rig. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one they got, and they're making a deal on it. Like, they need to get it. There's no price here, but they need to get this thing sold. So they got some good uh, lease return units uh, when it comes to trucks and SUVs and stuff like that. That's on the, uh, the GM side. It seems like the Chrysler side, I know we don't have the deals, but we're probably pretty safe to say, on the what is it the classic body 1500s you guys are gonna have to help you guys are truck guy rams the rams, rams. yeah to get some longhorn in there a longhorn edition it's a nice that's a nice looking truck very inside nice. those ram trucks very nice big, big screen and uh, this is totally off topic have you guys uh heard that now people you can buy a mod some sort of modification chip or some sort of thing so your screen in your vehicle turns into like a movie skate, like you can watch shows on it. Yeah. A dance party. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I was, I was cruising uh, the beautiful ring road the other day, of course, train stopped beside this guy in this, you know, probably 10 year old Honda civic. And I look and yeah, he's like watching the bachelorette or survivor <laughs> or something on the screen. <laughs> And then, so I kind of did a little bit of research. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm late to the game on this. I don't know. I think when you said, when you said microchip, I think it gave a lot of people anxiety because hasn't that been like what's set everybody back two years? That's what they keep saying. It's the microchips. Even now with farm machinery, it's all chips and electronics that are. Because that one, didn't a few of them burn down just conveniently when, when the shortage was on now that now the egg, egg plants are burning down and eggs are through the roof down south. (laughs) That's going to shit, boys. Can't even throw eggs at houses anymore. It's too expensive. No, don't throw Egg- eggs at houses. Throw eggs at the vehicles that park in the fire lane at Superstore. <laughs> or people that jump to the front of the plane when it lands. Hey, we should, oh, uh, yeah. before we get too far here into the show, uh, we mentioned last week, Shane and I were away. I think Shane had an undisclosed illness that week or something. <laughs> yeah. Haven't got the whole Coles notes or cold notes on that chain, but uh Wicked Deadly and Josh Miller. How about we give them a, a shout out before shout outs for stepping up, joining Barry last week. It was an entertaining twirl I uh, caught into and some different insights on the old 
senior hockey top 10. So shout out Millsy. to them. Yeah. You guys, you guys have no idea the patience that those two gentlemen had because <laughs> Shane went to bed at literally 6 40 yeah, PM. Well. I couldn't get into our company zoom account. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. We got to get this thing released. We got sponsor obligations. Those guys, I, I, we, we logged them in and logged them out probably three times, but we, we made it work. And, and by the time I was done editing it, no word of a lie, it's like one fifteen in the morning, but those guys, I like they, they are off the hook by 1130. So thanks so much for uh, sticking with that. And um, yeah, wicked deadly, right? Like he, he kind Super of little analytics guy he had some you know win percentage stuff and then milsey went deep milsey literally had four hours to research so josh miller milsey's a beauty job well done yeah Yeah, it reminds me you saying that of our early days because for some reason when we first started the pod we had more late nights than early and we did a lot of them in person and it was covid so there was nothing else to do so we'd finish recording at like 11 or 12 For some reason, I thought I'd have to edit it and release it the next day. So, like I said, things were very COVID lockdown. I remember being up till 2.33, 3.30 in the morning, (laughs) editing the pod to get it out for 6 a.m. Like, there is not a snowball's chance in hell I would do that right now. (laughs) So, the funny funny thing is, I told told Belter this story last week because our girls play on the same hockey team. My nine-year-old daughter, G, she uh, listens going to bed at night. She'll play Monday Nooner, and it plays all night. So like I wake her up at seven in the morning, I go in and it's, there's another episode still playing. So I, it got me thinking, cause we were, I was one with um, Nick Schultz, how the first few we did, it was through the phone. It was, it was over phone and we had all these, this elaborate equipment we bought so we can hook phones up and all this. And we remember how we were so scared to do it on zoom. It was so foreign. We're like, how are yeah. we going to do this? How are we going to get this through the board? How are we going to get this into the editing equipment? This is maybe a, a story for the people that have been with us from the beginning. Yeah. And then now that we do it on Zoom, it's so easy. It's more expensive and all that, but it's it's more, it, it's a lot easier. But I, I, like if we had to do a phone interview, I don't even, I don't know how to fucking set it up. <laughs> I, we would be screwed. Yeah. You had that I, tie line thing or whatever. Yeah. There was like the phone jack thing. It's so much easier when you can see the guest too. And you're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know, it's funny. I was at this work event. We got employees from all over the world really, but I was sitting with a lot of the Western Canada guys. And like, I didn't know some of these guys listen to the pod and some of them didn't. And they're asking me and they're subscribing on their phones while we're sitting at the dinner table. And yeah, Barry, I think the day you released that uh, twirl, I would have got us about 20 new listeners. So hopefully you and wicked deadly and Millsy, uh, set the tone for them early but they're asking me like i'm trying to like give them good ones to listen back to you know like if you want to impress somebody it's like your your first impression right so i'm like trying to think of really good twirls that i thought we did that they could listen back to i'm like yeah maybe skip the first five (laughs) ten out of the gate i don't know it depends but you got it see i've been there right and it's like which one should i listen to and i'm like oh man like there's so many, but the reason why I tell them not to skip the interviews, the first few, the first few shows you can set on fire and throw in the dumpster, but the interviews, like the Troy Volhofer one, when you tell guys to go listen to that, they were like, what? Lighting like, and staging. Yeah. He, he spent his signing bonus on what, but yeah. Okay. So uh, good point. one more, one more off of that. So went to the Houston Rockets basketball game. 
And uh, did you have your of, did you have your your AirPods in? Couple of Darren beauticians behind us, <laughs> and uh, we get talking, whatever, and somehow a podcast comes up, and one of the guys I'm with is like, "Yeah, he does a podcast in Saskatchewan," and these guys didn't know hockey at all. Like they're at a basketball game; they're probably 20 years old in Texas. So they're like, oh, yeah, like, so they're subscribing to our podcast. Like, oh, yeah, like, which one should we listen to? And I'm like, have we had anybody from Texas? Like, who? So the only thing I can think of was Belfour. I'm like, you guys know Eddie Belfour? They're like, ah, kind of. I'm like, yeah, he's whatever. Got a whiskey down here. But yeah, so probably listens spiked in Texas last week, all time high. But those are all my shout outs for Synergy AG, local crop (laughs) input retailer. I'm just going to get mine out of the way now. Locations all throughout Saskatchewan. And uh but come up this week, fellas. What's uh, we got a, a big show here and a guest coming up? We better get into it. Brass sorry, tacks sorry, here. Sorry to jump here though, but we kind of did last show recap. I think we should give uh, who's our last show recap friends because that was kind of the Millsy and Wicked Deadly, right? Arctic Spas. Oh, the spa guy. Millsy, Millsy would have Millsy would have needed a a spa after that all that work he did that night. Yeah, he. Uh, he would have jumped in for sure. Yeah, Arctic Spa, Regina, and Saskatoon. Lots, lots of spas in stock, both locations. And uh, you know when the when the weather broke there for a bit, right? Like it was beautiful, hot tub winter, hot tub season. And it's coming up again. We're we're breaking again. They say Thursday. We're going back to the minus fours to sevens to eight somewhere in there for the next week after that. So. Get her set up. Get her ready to go for Friday. Get her in. You can be tubbing by probably Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you always mention, listen to the Nooner, play senior hockey. There's a discount involved at both stores. Tub starting, I think, just over nine grand. And these are the Canadian-made ones. They're meant for our weather, our climate. Uh, so Arctic Spa, thanks to them. And uh, we'll have more about them coming up here in the coming months. There's going to be some pretty good... Uh, Pretty good things coming down the pipe there. And then well, while we're here with the last show recap, let's uh, mention Darren Dreger. Fantastic yeah. guest from uh, McNutt, Saskatchewan, Langenberg Warrior. A lot of great feedback on that. And I, I, want, I know it's not shout outs, but let's give a plug for Dregs because, Brandon, you came up with that excellent uh, post Thanks, on man. our Twitter about – Sasky Barnes, yeah, or old hockey barn. Did that thing that at last check 161,000 views? We are three pigeons doing a podcast <laughs> in our basements in Regina, <laughs> and this thing's getting 161,000 views. Dreger jumps in, Ken Reed from Sportsnet jumps in, and there was like some classic. I don't even know if you could pick the best one. Well, so many beauties. So many that a guy's never seen or even heard of or towns yeah. didn't even know of. Did you guys see the the one recently uh since our post, but the one with the stairs in Lang? Yeah. Yes. For the sca- <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Have you ever played in uh, Abbey belts back in yeah. the day? Yeah. So, so they have the one out. The Eagles room was upstairs and yeah. the stairs came down behind the net. Right. And it, no, we never used it. But one time a guy was got stretchered off playing senior and so it blocked the area. So they had to pull the stairs down and we walked up to the room. And I thought it was just like, it was just for show. I'm like, oh, those things actually work. And then, but did you see in the video today that you posted or that guy posted the guy almost fell? Yeah. 
<laughs> that was like a near miss. I'm in first aid these last couple of days. That is a near miss situation. Like that yeah. crack your head open. Good thing you had a lid on, but oh, stupid somebody some... didn't sorry, sorry to cut you off. Sort of stupid somebody didn't send us one from Sturd Valley, too. Did you ever play there, Barney? They had like the rooms were upstairs. No, and then you never. had like and it was like it was like a one-one pitch. Like she was bad. She was straight down to get to the ice surface. Yeah. Awesome. Grew up out there, so played there a lot. Another the re- another reason I don't think kids could do it these days because kids can't even walk from the dressing room at the Wick or the co-op center in Regina without skate guards on. Right. Like I'm like, you guys have any idea what we used to walk on? Like it, it was it was hit and miss. <laughs> Just walked on gravel. That you were gonna have edges by the time you got to the ice surface. <laughs> You got to learn to play without an edge. You got to learn just to go one way. You said that the other night. Yeah. Kids just got to learn to go one way once in a while. You got to suck it up. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, oh, you know, you remember back, you used to say, hey, put a stone on it. A stone yeah. didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't do it. But it made you think that it did. So yeah. away you went. You were gone again. Mental prep. Let's go. Yeah. Made me think of uh, one barn going back a few minutes with the rooms upstairs. Dodds Land, Saskatchewan. That was a good old barn. Shout out uh, Shaq there. Shaq Golf. He used to play for the Stars, right? In Dodgeland. They used to be a big deal. I used to go to games when I was growing up. I only grew up 20 minutes from Dodgeland. Some big provincial runs in the uh, early 2000s, maybe? They, there, there's, one 2000s? Team that, there's one team that you would have probably went and, and watched. And that would be actually a decent like summer senior show kind of release just for fun to do something on that team. Because uh, I saw a picture once on that team and in the dressing room was like Shaq. So Kevin Marishak, heck of a hockey player. Clear the track. Senior <laughs> still dangles. I heard in the 40 plus league in Saskatoon. And then I think it was like Scott Shinnick. There was Scott McQueen might've been Jeremy Rondeau. Like it was a borderline U of S Huskies team. And yeah, they, the Dawesland stars, weren't they? Weren't they the stars? Yeah. Got, I want to say they had a provincials. You were screwed. I think they actually had a bunch of guys from uh, like Meyer, like the Wilkie area too. Like I want to say like uh, Matthew Say, Dave Shell, um, Sheldon Volk. I remember Shaq and I were talking about some of these names of guys he used to play with. And yeah, that was a good, good hockey back in uh, Dodds land. Anyway, that's our uh, last show recap, I suppose. (laughs) One other thing on the rinks. Let's give a plug to the guy that does all the nooner gear for us. Colin McLeod out in Bullier, Saskatchewan. That's a beauty too. Yeah, Talbot Marketing. If you you need anything for your team coming up here, end of the season, like Belts and I are kind of working on an undefeated t-shirt maybe for the girls if they keep riding it. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, yeah. Got close last week. Um, And anything you need. (laughs) Undefeated tarps in January. (laughs) uh, She's a short short season in U11. It's like the white mud. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can do tumblers. We're getting some new nooner tumblers with Talbot yeah, marketing. Nice. He's done all of our gear. Amazing stuff. Anyway, he's from Bullier, Saskatchewan. So yeah, Belt, you're talking about the rink. It's, it's, it's one of the classic bars, chicken wire, you Sticks. shovel, you shovel it, you know, and you throw the shovel out at intermission uh, or throw the snow over. So get this, what they did in Bullier. He told me they put up a new chicken wire. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Committed. Cost effective. You know, and you know, it was, they stopped down at the Bouillet co-op. I've got, Hey, 
I got a cabin out that way. We've talked about that before. I head in there. If there's some chemical, if you need some certain chemical for the, I can't remember what it's called now. It's for ants and stuff around and uh, Anteater? spiders and stuff around the cabin. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called, but you that's like the only place you can get it around there. Bouye Co-op, all set up, chicken wire out there, the lumber. They got everything there. It's an absolute weapon store. Do you have any extra? Because I once once the spring rolls around, yes. around around the hot tub out back, yeah. I need to put that ant stuff. And I, I can never find anything good enough. It stuff works great. I I have lots of it. Yeah. Beauty's no plugs, there. but Bouye Co-op gets one. All right, fellas, let's get into the come up here. General Well Servicing, hiring in Southeast Saskatchewan. Shout out to them if you're looking for a uh, job. It's hard working. They're not going to uh, you're not going to sit in an office for 8 hours a day and get paid. You're going to you're going to get your hands dirty, but you're going to what's the saying they have? Dirty hands, dirty clean hands money. Clean. Oh, That's not a general thing. well saying, but uh you, you, yeah. you both were talking over each other again. I didn't I didn't catch it. Again. Dirty they say dirty hands, clean money. That's stupid. And you wear your AirPods Working for General Well on the rigs. Like, can you be having music jamming while you're doing stuff? I don't know. I'm asking. You know what? The sound is so crisp and so good in the AirPods <laughs> that it might distract you from your your surroundings out there in the oil field. But uh, yeah, they're hiring. So whether you're in the Southeast, I know they cross over a lot into Manitoba and even down into the States a little bit. So if you are looking uh, for work, check out those guys in Carnduff Day Group of Companies. Beauties. Come up this week. Our interview a guy that played almost 800 NHL games. Uh, I've, I've mentioned a few people that are like, who's coming up in the next pod. Who's coming up in the next pod. I'm like guy by the name of Sean Van Allen. Oh yeah. Ottawa Edmonton draft pick. And, and I, I was surprised how many guys remember. I remember him playing, especially blades. And then, you know, Ottawa senators. And now he's coaching college hockey out East. This guy was, and I know we say this a lot, you know, unsuspecting, great interview. Like yeah. he go his memory as a kid and then don't want to give it away. Uh, when the lockout year, when he came back and played senior hockey, great stories from that, as well as uh, I like when I asked, because he's a defensive specialist. Now he teaches, you know, players. And I said, how do you teach a kid, you know, to be a good defensive player? So uh, I don't know what you guys took from the interview, but. There was, a, again, just a great, great interview. Yeah, that's coming uh, coming up here shortly. We're also going to talk some senior hockey. We'll maybe dabble uh, just a little bit into some of the upcoming matchups and leagues and playoffs and uh, provincials kind of getting underway fully this weekend. There was a couple games last weekend in Provincial D. Kyle gets a win over Bigger and Delisle gets a win in Crawford. So lots of senior hockey to talk about. And, of course, later this week we'll have our top 10 show. Do we want to give out maybe later in the show, get people, keep people listening till the end, right? The old tease. Do we want to mention how many entries we got into the playoff bracket? We want to mention that later. Sure. Why wouldn't I go? So stay tuned for that. Thanks to the sponsors for the bracket challenge. Uh, Elk Ridge resort. That prize is sick. Unbelievable. GB construction, Richie brothers, auctioneers and roof Mart in PA Saskatoon and Regina. Yeah, let's get into shout-outs. Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. I want to give another shout-out to our uh, bracketologist who helped us with the uh, senior hockey bracket. We've mentioned him a couple times, but he continues to do the good work. He's making like pie charts and shit for us that we've been putting out on social media. He's doing all that. We're not doing any of it. 
uh, just, I think provides really cool insight uh, for senior hockey fans and teams with provincials. So he's also going to have an up. We're going to have over the next week or two, a link where you can check the standings live. Oh, so you cool. can actually go through the link of all the teams That's and cool. see where you rank. And um, yeah, are you can we going to be your in way there? Are our picks going to be on there too? Sweet. They are. That's awesome. Yeah. And maybe nice on this show, we'll quickly, I know Barry did it with the other guys, but we'll say who we picked. I got to go back and look, but yeah. see who we picked in our brackets to uh, win provincials, maybe in our senior hockey top 10 segment, but the, his name is Kellen Anslev. I didn't even say that. So uh, Diz appreciate all the help. You're making us look far more legit. Yeah, there you are. I, I, I don't even remember who I picked, but another thing on the heels of that from Kellen, he has done so much work for us in this. I'm not, quite positive on what we're paying like is he on retainer is that what they, you know when they say that you know what he said to me like he's at first he's i shouldn't speak out of school i guess but at first he's like no i don't need anything and i'm like no like we gotta yeah something. buy something or do something and he kind of gave me the old like well let's do it and we'll see how it works out which kind of puts our feet to the fire like talking about how good it's working out like his like stock it. stock's going way up and and he's got control. He's got us over the he coals. Does. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you're over the coals notes. Like we he got could twelve ask months. For, he could ask for whatever, right? He could ask for nudes of Belter, and and we gotta we They're gotta coming. send them. We'll fire we'll him over. To, we'll sign him to a deal now for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, instead yes. of holding out Up all summer. Coming. Yeah. As we take the next 12 months he, to do nothing to figure it out. Yeah, just in case he lock him up well. long term. <laughs> Salary caps going up. Uh, I got quite a few shout outs. Uh, I'll jump in on one here. Uh, the, I don't know if this is a real shout out. The Vibank rink shout out because that place, you might as well be, uh, three kilometers underground in a mine. There's no cell service. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Zero. It's 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 like every other hockey rink in Saskatchewan, but as soon as you walk through those front doors, you might as well throw your phone in the garbage. You you are isolated from the from the free world. It's like the old days, right? And and my wife, I was watching her the other day as we watched Gabby play, and she's on her phone for 85% of the game. And then I'm going back and I'm like, man, like back in the day, these women they kind of had to watch. Yeah. Like now, it's just they're on their phone playing games, doing with shopping. Doing, like, but that the the Vibank rink shut fantastic canteen. Great. Uh and and I love how they have tap and they have all the advancements <laughs> like that there, but you can't get cell service. Uh, they got a rotary on the back wall if you really need to make a call. Super long cord, it'll go all the way into the dressing <laughs> yeah. room. Uh, uh I got a shout out. Uh Guy that I knew, I'm obviously quite famous, but I did a little bit fishing with him and, and met him over the years. Uh, we tried, we were going to get him on the pod, uh, and obviously we ran out of time. But uh, yeah, Bobby Hall passed away today, and uh, rest in peace to him. He was a good dude, and uh, obviously a legend in uh, in the sport. So, shout out to him. Watch, you better watch who you say he was a good dude to, Belts. Why? What happened? Oh, there's just a lot of people talking about well, him, maybe. His I legacy know. is more for not being a good dude, but yeah, being a good hockey player. But for me, me, my own, I guess I'm going to say from my own personal experience, he was, when I met him, he was quite a bit yeah. older. Like he'd have been late seven and we did a little fishing and, you know, BS with him and stuff. But uh, from my own experience at that time, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know him back in, in some of those other experiences, I'll say. 
for sure. And and I should clarify, I'm not trying to sewer the guy, but like, you know, there are a lot of people with high profiles going out there and being like, let's remember his legacy is not for being a gentleman and a scholar per se is just a really good hockey player. But yeah, to, to uh, your point, you're, I mean, your memories are only what you've experienced. What you know. Person, yeah. Right? Not yeah. hearsay or what you read or whatever. So right, just like Vibank and they're no cell service. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I don't have any names on uh, on any of these shoutouts, but uh, another one, Shane, that uh, we, we talked about last week, a dying art, especially in the city of Regina. the The Al Ritchie concession is back running, back in action. Yes, he, sorry. I, Go. I sat. I sat and talked to the to the one, the older guy that's uh, fired it back up. We bought a the the missus wanted a hot dog. He he sold us. It's a harvest wiener. It's so good. We did the popcorn. And you know what? I just love supporting that stuff because these concessions in these small rinks, especially in the city. So the the Ritchie, if you got anyone's ever at the Ritchie. Go and support these guys. They got a little deep fryer action going there. Uh, the the guys that run the rink at the Richie Al Richie concession in Regina. Big shout out. Yeah, I got uh, I got sucked in that night. I just went to sit in my seat uh, with the fam jam, and uh, I had I ended up having to cross the ice and play the penalty box guy that night. But uh, Mrs. brought me a hot chocolate from the canteen. Never could have had that a week ago. Boom, hot chocolate, nice and warm in there. So yeah, absolutely, shout out to them. Great. And uh, another guy that maybe Brandon would have uh, crossed paths with at his uh, corporate retreat last weekend. He is related to blue jean and sport coat guy. Another dying art. Shout out to shoehorn guy. Guy that uses a shoehorn. I saw, I see this guy at the gym three, three, four times a week. He's there's a shoehorn that hangs there. He must be the only guy he get he, and just a slick move. Right. And I'm like, why don't I use that old vet? Do you remember your parents using the shoe or your dad using the shoehorn? Does it have like a, is this like a clip on the wall that he uses, or is it just like an old screw? Right by the key hook. And hang it right on there. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a community shoehorn. I don't Love even know it. if anyone else uses it, but yeah, all the shoehorn guys out there, shout out to you. That would have been good when I banged up my knee and I couldn't bend over. That would have been real clutch, <laughs> real clutch. Belter, you got uh, any other ones? That's all I got, buddy. Shout outs. Oh, hang on. I will tie in one here. I'll tie in Great West. I, Hubsy helped me. I got in on the beer deal. I got in on the beer deal. I did it. Bought 10 flats of 016. This sounds made up. No, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. You can ask. Like, Hubsy. did you actually pay money? Yes, because. <laughs> I'd already extended my uh, welcome beer wagon <laughs> too far, and I needed another 10. So he helped me out. We got it on the beer deal. We're using it for some raffles for some spring hockey. And, uh, yeah, help me out slick. It's super easy. And uh, even I can help you now. So if you have any beer deal questions, you don't even got to talk to these other two pigeons. Just phone me. It's super slick. Yeah, work good. It was great. I I, uh, I heard a guy the other day uh, get he's planning his wedding and they're looking for a beer. And I'm like, well, great Western. You're going to get a kickback plus for your um, rehearsal party. He's going to come with, you know, whatever oh, you yeah. need. Yeah. As long as you're supporting. So always message us. Oh, 16. I, what do I got here? I got an 016. I got a light and I got a classic. My, my three favorites. 
After Brandon's work retreat, he is off the piss until March. But uh, <laughs> come March 1, provincial final season, I'll be back in it. And I want to give a shout out to tie this into Last Mountain Distillery because I saw they won a bunch of prestigious awards for their whiskey. So not only their vodka and their gin, which is top uh, top of the line, top shelf stuff, their whiskey is uh, winning Canadian or international awards or whatever they were. So shout out LMD. Good job. Let's get into the interview, shall we? Interview for Gentle Procedures in Saskatoon and Regina, the no-needle, no-scalpel vasectomy. We know a lot of our uh, listeners have went and uh, checked in on it and and got it done. So Gentle Procedures and also Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina dealing with ED. Go look them out uh, look them up. And they can definitely help you out uh, with the uh, ED problem. Nice little tie-in here, boys. This guy's from Climax, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Sean Van Allen. Here he is. What's what's the tie-in, Veltz? <laughs> All right. Joining us here uh, tonight, a veteran of nearly 800 NHL games, 794 to be exact. His hockey DB says he was born in Calgary, but I'm pretty sure he's got some deep Saskatchewan roots. He's going to uh, tell us about currently the head coach of the Carleton University hockey team, Sean Van Allen. Welcome to the Monday Nooner. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So I, I, I asked you about it, but hockey DB says born in Calgary. So is that where you were born in Calgary? When did you move to Saskatchewan? Because I'm pretty sure you you're from the Southwest, aren't you? Yeah, I don't know if I would have made one, and uh, we moved back to Climax. So I grew up from, in Climax till I was like fifteen, and then I went to Swift Current. When when you go when you go back, uh, you know, and you start thinking about those days back in Climax, and maybe when you started playing hockey, Sean, like what kind of memories come to mind? Uh, no artificial ice, natural ice, the whole childhood. So generally, we never skated before November first. Uh, or, or maybe right, right on November 1st, no showers in the dressing room. Not that we had any of that, but uh, wire instead of plexiglass, which a lot of people <laughs> may have zero idea what the heck we're talking about. Um, small barn. And, uh, you know, we didn't play a lot of hockey games, a uh, lot of public skating, you know, hoping that a couple of the girls wouldn't come in the door. So we had to get the sticks off the ice. Uh, but I wouldn't trade... Growing up in Climax, Saskatchewan, for anything, guys. It was about population, about 250. Um, I, I loved it. I have great memories. So you talked about skating starting in November with the ice. Nowadays, kids skate 12 months a year. What did you do the other six months of the year? Crocs? Uh, well, I, well, I <laughs> played baseball when, you know, that was more in the springtime. But played a lot of outdoor, uh, like a lot of road hockey, I can't remember what year was they built a tennis court and we turned that into uh, outdoor hockey. Just a lot of hockey, a lot of sports. Climax only went up to grade nine. So we were in the gym constantly, whether shooting baskets, badminton, volleyball, whatever. We played everything. We, we ask we ask every guy this and, and it's so fun, especially when they're from Saskatchewan, you go back. Like, what? who do you remember? You know, like maybe it was your teammates or guys you played against in those minor hockey days. Um, that you battled against and just had a lot of fun, maybe from the Southwest area, maybe you traveled a bit. Um, yeah, we didn't, well, we traveled a little bit, but not like what I remember, not so much the battles is I remember a guy, you guys will know Gord Kluzak, who was the first overall draft pick in the 90, 82 draft. And 
uh, Gordy was a big man at a young age. And he's three years older than me. So, you know, guys growing up in a small town, you'd play a couple age groups up just to get enough players. I remember what I remember about that a lot is other teams would wait in the lobby to see if he was playing because he was also playing in Swift Current at the time. And if Gordy was playing, it was over. Um, it was ridiculous how many goals he'd score, like 20, 25 goals or whatever. You know what I mean? It was like when I mean over, it was over. He was a, he was a big man. And, uh, you know, got to grow up, you know, and watch Gordy do a lot of things. And there was another guy, Willie Desjardins, who went on and had a great career, still coaching in the WHL. Um, <clears throat> they were great influences for me. Yeah, Willie. Willie's a former former guest and an, an absolute weapon. So, you know, playing in Climax, did you have to, uh, like, you know, provincials and stuff, join join another town? Do you remember any any deep provincial runs in those minor days? Um uh, I would typically get to play for Shaunavan in the provincials climax. We never ever went to provincials as our team. And then we got too small that we had to join up with frontier. And that was fairly early into the, into my minor hockey. Um, I remember we won a couple rounds. We beat Kindersley. Uh, I remember I blocked a shot and went in on a breakaway. I was like 11 or 12 and scored and it was a big win, but um, it was a little bit different. Like I'd play defense at home. And then when I went to the provincials, they'd moved me up to forward. Um, so anyway, it was Shaunavan or East end. I typically got to go to tournaments with them. And like, if we, we'd play maybe once a week and like kids these days, like games, like they would be hard pressed. Like they would play more games probably in a month than we would play all year. And, but we were constantly like practicing on our own outdoor while dugouts, you know what I mean? Like all the city kids, You'd go to the city and there'd be like outdoor rinks and you're like, oh my God, outdoor <laughs> rinks. Can you imagine that? We'd clear a dugout. Our parents wouldn't even know sometimes. We'd just clean the dugout, put a couple boots out there and we'd go play all afternoon. So what were what were mom and dad like growing up? Like were they, you know, drop you off at the rink and see you later? Or were they, you know, there all the time giving you the gears? What, what were they like growing up? Dad, dad would help coach. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of times uh, my brother and I, we'd walk to the rink every night. Public skating was seven to nine. Otherwise, Saturday night, you know, you play for the, you'd want to play for the Climax Clippers. And they, that was the goal. Like the NHL to me was not a goal. Playing for the senior team was the goal. And uh, like that was, that was awesome. Like try and stop us from going to that game and getting into going to the dress rooms after the first and second was lifetime of memories. Just listening to these guys talk like the, the small town senior team, that was, that's where you wanted to go. Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead and try and make this come full circle. So your NHL career, your last year was 03-04. Did you play at all during the 04-05 lockout? Uh, there was a couple pickup games, some NHL tour, but nothing really. Okay. Somebody told me that you came back and played some senior hockey. Not true? Yep. Yes, true, but 94. With Frontier? Oh, that was 94. Okay. 94. Yeah. Not to, oh, I was thinking 05 lockout. So it was the 94 lockout. How do you end up playing senior hockey and where? Tell everybody that story. Uh, I, well, I played for Frontier. Um, uh, my wife and I, and we had our son at the time. We fly in to, I want to say, Billings or Great Falls, uh, get picked up. And uh, I don't know, I think we got in on a Saturday or something like that. One of the guys who kind of helped run the team, he played on the team too, was there Sunday. And he asked do you want to play on the senior team? And I'm like, sure. 
So my dad and my wife were like, well, you got to get insurance. Well, I looked into insurance and I'm like, holy shit, I ain't paying that much money to play senior hockey. You know what I mean? We're not getting paid. Like I've been in the minors for six years. I'm not like I've got it stacked away that I can retire any day now. So anyway, they played like, I think Tuesday we played Cabri and uh, we were up seven, four. We ended up tying seven, seven. I was really pissed off because we tied. Um, there's the guy coaching Jim Curry was his name. I probably played half the game and he was curious if I'd played enough. And uh, from then on, I was hooked. And then my brother was playing in the wild goose league um, in Carrobert. And he came down and watched the game. Well, then he was hooked. He quit his job, but then he couldn't get released. And finally they released him after a couple. And uh, like, cause we went there to visit my family. We stayed with my grandparents in climax and I played till like the new year. And then I went wow. back to Anaheim and I felt great. Like I was on the ice, every, well, pretty much every day and, and uh, played a lot of the games. I remember one game we played in Cabri. We went up there. I didn't come off in the third period. I played defense and uh, we had, I think, three defensemen at the time. And I let, just let those two guys change and I stayed out there. It was a blast. Like playing with my brother and playing with my friends that I hadn't played with since I was really young. Um, I had a buddy named Dave Gardner who played up in Nippon and uh, he, he was a stocky man. Uh, um, he'd kind of protect me if I got into anything. Well, no one really had to go near me for Dave to protect me. Uh, but it, it was like, we got right into it. The, you know, the rinks were full. It was a great atmosphere. Um, and just going back, that's one of my fondest memories of actually playing hockey guys. So you didn't get insurance. Right. Nope. No Did anybody, insurance. nobody came out here or anything? Tried to play well, the hero card? We, we'd heard a story. Um, true or not, I'll give it to you anyway. There was a guy supposedly on Gull Lake that was supposed to put me or my brother out of the game. Okay. That was what we were told. Anyway, he went off on a stretcher. We found out after the game when my brother put him out on a stretcher with a big hit behind the net. So the there, was, there, was, there was a couple, there was a couple little pushing matches that were close to getting into dropping the gloves. My wife was not a big fan of seeing stuff like that, but uh, you know, when you get caught up in the moment and you, you want to win and uh, they weren't very good for, a, for a first couple games. And then uh, after I left, they went on and won the league that year. Uh, beer, beers taste better after an NHL game or after a senior game. Oh, the paychecks are better after an NHL game than a senior game, but it was still pretty good. Like I'll remember one game, my brother and, and my other line mate had trained too hard Saturday night. And we had a Sunday afternoon game. I was not pleased with them for the whole game. You know what I mean? I asked them how many more beers they needed to drink because they were terrible. And uh, so anyway, it was, I, I, I have a, well, I can't turn off the competitiveness. It's just, it's always on. And, uh, but anyway, like, I'd be in there stretching before a game. No one else is stretching like this new thing that came out in the nineties in Saskatchewan, I guess they thought it was called stretching. So, so anyway, it was, it was really good. It was really good. It was, uh, you know, people thought I was getting paid money. I didn't take a dime. Um, you know, I think they made some decent money with the gates and that. So it, it was good. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, so back to your, uh, to your minor, minor days, how, how do you end up uh, in the SJ with Swift Current? I played uh, two years of midget with the Legionnaires. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got called up. They were the Swift Current Indians for, 
a couple years. And then actually one year that I played for him. Uh, so just kind of the, was the natural jump back then. There wasn't, it's like, it's not like I, I imagine out there today where there's so many guys from different provinces. You had more of the local guys playing. And we had the odd guys from BC and Alberta. But a lot of guys were from, you know, the Saskatchewan area and the Legionnaires. I, I heard in your midget days with the Legionnaires, there was another small town guy who's a former guest of the Monday Nooner. And he said that you and him frequented a fast food restaurant in Swift Current way too much because you were the small town guys and you guys are at like McDonald's all the time. Well, I don't think I had McDonald's till I was 12, right? And then uh, it got a hold of us and it wasn't good. You know what I mean? So like, you, you and, and in Saskatchewan, like in a small town, there's not like there's not a gym or there's bikes. Like so, you're riding an outdoor bike or you're um, you're running. That's what you do, or you're just playing sports nonstop. So that that there was some that was 15 and 16 was like heavy, and then 17 was still a little heavy, and then it got to 18 was a walk on to Saskatoon, um, and then. That spring, I got in a lot better shape and I had a better chance of making the blades. Um, I wasn't much of a fighter, but it was a walk-on in the spring while we were invited to spring camp from uh, one of the area scouts, Harry Barrett, was from Swift Current. He invited a pile of us up to the blades camp. So while there was Kevin Kaminsky was there, Blair Atchinham were there, uh, Scott Manteca was there, um, and I played left wing the whole training camp. And near the end of the camp, what whoever was coaching us i couldn't i couldn't tell you right now he says go take a shift on right wing i was like okay anyway scott mantica was there i line up beside him and he goes you want to go and i was like okay here we go and uh so anyway we fight and and it's really hard to for young people to understand like it's just like it's broke up there's no penalties it's training camp we line up again exact same shift and he goes you want to go again and we fought two times in the span of whatever how long the fight lasted um, I was really fortunate, um, uh, because I wasn't really a fighter, but you know, back then you're young and not super intelligent. Scott Manteca got really, really tough. Like he became a heavy in the WHL. I got him before he really developed. I got lucky and that got me an invite to main camp. I stuck around long enough, lit it up one year. My first year, like, as you guys know, 12 goals, 11 assists, 23 points. You know what I mean? Just a great year as a rookie, as an 18-year-old, which nowadays you probably don't get a chance. And I'm being sarcastic as 23 points isn't really much. Some guys get that in a month. And then the <laughs> next year is kind of when I took off. I want to just jump back to your team in Swift Current with the Indians because former guest of ours, Darren Kimball, was seventh on that team in penalty minutes, and he's known to be a tough guy. So what kind of work release program did they have there that he was the seventh <laughs> most penalty minutes on that team? Well, I'm not sure if you can find the stats. We might have had seven guys in the top 10. Um, There's a lot of 380 PIMS, 400 well, PIMS. Yes, yeah. we, yeah, it was, well, Patty Janelle was our coach and uh, I don't know if we had two or three bench clearing brawls that year. It was, <laughs> it was borderline nuts. We had a guy, Mike Paul and Chuck was like six foot five. <laughs> Just a mountain of a man. Uh, Bob Heaney, uh, I believe Kyle McIntyre, Darren Kimball. Geez, I'm trying to think who else would be. Tim, Tim Brantner, oh, 390 yeah, yeah. pims. He was Ron, Ron Berezowski or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was, he was more of a skilled guy, but he, would, he could use his stick in appropriate ways back then. <laughs> um, 
Darren Kimball, though, like I'm telling you, that's one tough kid. He was like, I think he was 16. Uh, yeah, because I was 17. And he was fighting 20-year-olds. And it was crazy. I was like, oh, my God. And then he had, he had great mitts. Like, he could fight, but he had great mitts. And, um, you know, we played together on a line in the Legionnaires for a little bit, too. But, you know, and a great guy, too. Um, Lucky Lake, I believe, is where he's yeah. from. Yeah. So, so he's the one that said you guys went to McDonald's, like, all the time. <laughs> That's what he remembers. But they, going to Kyle McIntyre, um, he, he said, you know, probably the one thing that where uh, Van Allen became such a defensive guy in his career, it stemmed from those days with Swift Current because you were killing penalties all the time. Yeah, we did kill a few back then. Um, <laughs> you kind of get to play a lot of different roles, you know what I mean? And uh, if you want to stay in the lineup on good teams, you got to find a way to stay in the lineup. And, and that definitely helped. And, and also being competitive, you know what I mean? Back then, it was tough hockey. Like, if you look at the penalty minutes and bench-clearing brawls, when, when is the last time that one ever happened? Yeah, we've had uh, we've had a few guests from that 85, 86 Blades team. Absolute, you know, the numbers like Randy Smith, Smitty came on. He had 146, you know, Volhofer, 110, De Palma. Uh, one guy we didn't ask those guys about. And I want to ask you about you, you played with uh, Todd McClellan and, and he's had such a such a coaching career in the NHL. And, and you're a coach now. When you go back to those days, did you did you see that in McClellan? Like he was going to be a coach. Was he a leader? Was he that kind of guy in the dressing room that you could, you know, look and say, yeah, this guy's kind of like a coach in the room? Well, we were too young to probably realize it, that he was a coach. But if you look back on it, Todd was a great leader. Um, terrible shoulders. Uh like he might've had a coach's like his shoulders told him he was probably have to go into coaching um, because he kept separating his shoulder. I think he had surgery a few times in junior. Um, I know when we played medicine hat in the Eastern final, him and Clarky both went out. Uh, I think Clarky broke his leg in a fight and Todd shoulder popped out again. So he was done for the, that series. But yeah, he was a like a, he played hard and he played smart. And uh, he showed up and played hard every single night. You go, uh, you go round five, 105th overall in the 87 entry draft to the Edmonton Oilers leading up to the draft. And uh, you know, maybe that season, did you talk to teams? Cause we talked to guys back then and they, they had no idea that they were going to get taken. What do you remember about the draft and getting the call and all that, Sean? I'll remember uh, while leading up to the draft, two teams called me Quebec Nordiques and Minnesota North stars. Um, and honestly, I wasn't really a big Edmonton Oilers fan. I was cheering for Calgary. I always wanted Calgary to beat Edmonton. So I was surprised when Edmonton, they generally drafted gifted skaters. Anyway, there was a scout came down from Quebec Nordiques to Shaunavan. We went out for dinner. We had a quick conversation. But I had a ball game that night at 6.30, and I was really excited to try and get to that ball game. And uh, I didn't let on, and I did the interview, and he took off. And I hopped in my car and I drove as fast as I could to that ball game. I got there in about the second or third inning and it was nine innings back then. And I played that game. That's what I remember. And then the other thing I remember about Minnesota, they called me on the phone. And one of the questions they asked me is, who do I like better, my mom or my dad? And I was like, <laughs> how do you expect me to answer that question? Like, you know what I mean? What, what kid do you like better? You know what I mean? So anyway, those are the two things that I remember. And then when Edmonton got draft uh, drafted me, I was like 
kind of surprised. I'd never heard anything about him and uh, went from there. So obviously we all know that like Edmonton at that time was a pretty dominant team with Gretz, Mass, Curry, all those guys. So do you think looking back, like we talked to some other guests who said maybe it was getting drafted by Edmonton, maybe wasn't the, like it was a tough path to the NHL, right? Because you, you've got all these other guys that they have. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? And I guess going to camps with the likes of Messier and Curry and Gretzky after you got drafted. Well, um, one thing that I knew right away is I was not ready to play on the NHL level. You can dream all you want, having a good year as a 19-year-old in the WHL. But I turned pro at 20. The hard part was the Blades were hosting the Memorial Cup that year when I was 20. Looking back on it now, that would have been a great experience. I actually went and watched the whole Memorial Cup after our season was was beat out. Um, but going to Edmonton's camp, it was ridiculous how fast those guys were. It was crazy. You know what I mean? And the VO2 test in Edmonton was the be-all, the end-all. And if you didn't get over 60, you know what I mean? They were really pissed at you. And so everyone focused on that VO2 test. And um, But what I remember is back then, training camp was like about a month long, at least a month anyway. And we would skate twice a day. And if you had a real good day, you'd go up and skate with the big group. And they were only on the ice once a day. And I remember staying in that forum in just walk across the street to the rink, back to the forum. And there wasn't a lot around there. It was just all hockey. Was there ever a chance, uh, again, as a Blades fan, I remember that Memorial Cup. Was there ever a chance that, that you, there was a chance that you could go back and play for the Blades that year? Because I think that's, uh, I don't think Day was a 20-year-old, but he stuck. So then the Blades were stuck for a goalie that year. Like, were, was there ever a chance that you were going to go back? You know what? There wasn't really any talk, which is kind of weird. But then back then, there wasn't the same information that we have now. And I was just wondering if it was now, would a guy have stayed? But uh, anyway, I ended up doing all right in Milwaukee. Then I went to Halifax, didn't hardly play. Then they sent me to the second farm team in Milwaukee. And then late in the year, they called me back up after a bit to, to Halifax. But yeah, that like, you know, hosting it. And I believe they lost in overtime to Swift Current that year. Um so that would have been something really nice to, to have gone back and play, but that would be one, like, it's tough when you're doing decent in pro hockey, which was kind of surprising because as an 18 year old, just an average player, you know, got a big chance after all those guys that you met, uh, the Palmer, Volhoff or Randy Smith, Rod Mavichuk, they all moved on. And I remember the year end meeting after my first year, they asked me if I could get 70 points. And I was like, Ooh, geez, 70 points. That's a lot. That's over three times what I had this year. So anyway, I got in a lot better shape, went to camp, got a great opportunity and, and just took advantage of it. When your first contract, did you sign it? Like you got drafted and signed or you went to camp and then you signed, how did, how, how was your contract? And, and what, what, what did you buy? Like with your first check? Oh, not much. McDonald's. McDonald's, you and Timbo. It was, uh, well, I remember my agent held out, uh, they wanted to offer me 22,000 in the minors with a, it was Edmonton. Well, not Edmonton wasn't 22, but they were going to have in Halifax and make 22, but he held out to 25 and they wanted like a kind of like a three-way contract. So not only get a two-way contract. And uh, so I got 25, 25, my first two years down in the minors. This is maybe kind of a bizarre question. Cause you weren't on the team, but what do you remember about when Gretzky got traded? Cause you would have been in the, the Oilers system then probably in the American league when that happened. 
Yeah, it was it was shocked because in '87 Canada Cup went on, so he wasn't at training camp. So by the time you know I was gone, so he was there, and then the next year he got traded. Kind of shocked, like the greatest player arguably of all time is getting traded, you know, and and you know it's hard to believe that the the magnitude of that trade. And then it's funny years on later, end up going to Anaheim, and LA's are big rival, and Gretzky's there. So it was. Uh... 90-91, you played two games with the Oilers, your first two NHL games. What do you remember about, obviously, that huge moment to get the call up? Uh, well, I remember Norma Kyvern, I, and Grant Fuhrer, they rented a limo for us. And they drove <laughs> us up to New York. They said you were going to New York, and I had no idea if it was the Islanders, the Rangers, or the Devils we were playing. So we stayed in New York, still from Saskatchewan, just so intimidated by New York. It wasn't even funny. Um, end up playing in New Jersey. And the one thing I remember is I read Bruce Driver's eyes. He was coming around behind the net, passes up the middle. I pick it off. I go in, and I'm going to rip one. And I ripped one on a wrist shot. It went straight up, hit the netting. Um, and someone asked me, did someone get a piece of that? And I was like, nope, no one got a piece of that. <laughs> I was so jacked up. But I remember, like, Peter Stastny was playing. I loved watching him for the Nordiques. But – I was blown away how fast it was. I was not ready probably in 1990. And back then you couldn't just Google who you were playing. Like unless you had your, could get your hands on a USA today, you had no idea who you were playing. That's exactly. And the USA today used to be a great paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And then the other one, I remember we played Detroit the second in Edmonton and I finished a check on Joey Kosher and I got uh, right punch like engulfed my whole face and i put that down as a note is not a good idea or look out for the right if you hit joey kosher <laughs> or finish a check so those and i and i was blown away how good steve eiserman was uh what do you remember about uh being on the ice uh when dave brown was on well i went to training camp i got to play a couple uh practices and even a game with brownie uh let me tell you that man got a lot of room and uh, he'd be pushing the puck up the right side. I've never seen so many guys try to poke check a guy, you know, other than maybe Wendell at Blades Camp um, years before that. So my he Brownie was a tough man. I didn't didn't really stay around long enough to get to know him that well. But in the short time I was there, I was just impressed with how tough and how intense he was. So you kind of do the Cape Breton thing again in the AHL, the 92-93 uh, with the Oil. You play 21 games. That's the year you score your first goal. Take us take us through that first one. Uh, I was in the old Minnesota rink. It was a two-on-one with Scott Mellon, me and I. Um, and Teddy Green, I think, had kidney stones or something, so he wasn't, he wasn't coaching. And Ron Lowe was coaching, who I'd had in the minors. And Lowtie liked me and had, was playing me a little bit more. And anyway, we had a two-on-one. And I scored on John Casey, and I jumped into Scott Melamy's arms and just about broke his back. Um, <laughs> that was, that's what I remember about that goal. You still have the puck? Still have the puck. It's in Cape Breton. Oh, that's so that's good. so cool. Um, you signed with Anaheim, uh, I think free agent, and that was their their expansion year. Um, probably, probably a little different. A, Anaheim, Mighty Ducks, Disney, all that. Uh, that, was, that was a pretty cool experience. It was awesome. And I was living in uh, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, Sydney, Nova Scotia at the time. So Anaheim flew us out for a weekend, guys. So 
Sydney to Halifax, 45 minutes to an hour. Toronto, Halifax to Toronto, about two and a half hours. Toronto to LA, five and a half, six hours. And then they had something waiting for us in LAX to drive us to Anaheim. That was like unbelievable travel. And uh, anyway, what I remember that first year was that team was, was just awesome. No egos. We showed up and we worked really hard every single game. And we were not a lot of fun to play against for an expansion team. Three years in Anaheim. And then uh, you kind of, you know, go home where, where you, you spend a lot of time uh, with Ottawa and the Sens and, and they were a new, you know, a newer team and kind of doing their thing. But um, the experience coming back to Canada and, and playing for a team like Ottawa and that, I think they were play, playing in the small rink back then, or they already have the new one. No, they had just had the new one. Yeah. Uh, you know, what was, what was Ottawa like going from Anaheim to Ottawa? Well, first off, I didn't want to, why I'll tell you just a quick story. We were playing in Vancouver in the last preseason game and the coach had said, this is the lineup we're going to go with opening night, but I had hardly played all preseason. And I was like, something is up here. Like, I think I'm going on waivers. And anyway, they told me later on that they, the trade was basically worked out and they didn't want me to get hurt. So the trade would be void. So I was like, okay, good to know. So anyway, we play in Vancouver. We fly to LAX, bus to the pond. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Coach calls me down in the office. It's so dark. They just have the emergency lights on for some reason. I go down there. He says, you've been traded to Anaheim. I passed Jason York in the hallway. The next morning, we're on a flight to Albany, New York, and that's where the Sens had training camp that year. And I didn't know one person on the team. I was shitting my pants, never been traded before. And I was like, what am I getting into? And that's the hard part. When you're out of your routine and you don't know anyone, there's nobody to rely on, and you don't know if they know much about you. But uh, it worked out really well. You know, Jock Martin was a great coach for me. Um and, and it really, really, you know, kind of helped my career extend it even longer. So in 96, 97, when you get to Ottawa, what's, uh, what's Alfredson like as a, as a guy? Like, I mean, obviously he'd probably, you know, helped you out quite a bit, I'm assuming. Well, hard worker, uh, you know, humble, quiet. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say like your typical Swede, but like he had a burning desire to always get better. Alfie's big thing was always playing keep away in practice. And we played like – Every morning, pregame skate, whatever, and Alfie would have the puck. And, you know, you work on trying to get the puck away from Alfie. You work on your own skills when you got the puck away from Alfie. But it wasn't easy. Um, but to me, what was blowing me away is the Swedes, how much they would squat. They didn't really pay attention to the, the upper body that much. But, like, they would squat 400 pounds at the fitness test, do it six times. That was the limit. You couldn't do any more than that. They'd do that in their sleep. And I was wow. just, just blown away. You've been uh, you've been involved in coaching for more than a decade now with Carlton, starting as an assistant, now the head guy for quite a few years. When did you start thinking about coaching? Were you thinking about coaching in the latter part of your NHL career at all? Yeah, my last year, um, late in the year, I wasn't playing, and the coach asked me to help the PK coach with penalty killing. So I would just go in there and sit, and we would talk about the PK and what he said, what would I like to do there, and you know, then we'd talk, and then we'd go – we would give the meeting and I would just say in the background and, and, uh, but this is what we would do. And, and, you know, for me, because I wasn't a gifted skater, I always had to see the game. I, I feel like, and, and that, I think that helps you for coaching. And I've kind of had, like, I've been 
the leading scorer in the league, which is always still surprising when those words come out of my mouth. And then I've been on a fourth line checking line before too. So I've kind of seen both sides of the hockey world. That 03 run with the Ottawa Senators, uh, you know, I think that's, I'm dabbling in a playoff draft back then. And uh, I can't remember who it was, a guy that took these Sens. And I was like, how did he take the Sens? But that was a bit of a magical, uh, a magical run for you guys, you know, knocking off Philadelphia there and then uh, just losing to Jersey. When you go back to that run, Sean, you know, what memories come to mind? Well, the first one is, um, you know, game seven and losing, uh, just crushing. You know what I mean? We, we were down three, one. And then Roger Nielsen said something after game four, he said, he'd been, I think Roger had been in the league. It was 18 or 20 some years at the time. And he said, you know how many times it might even been 25, you know how many times I've been in Stanley cup final? He said, and everyone's like, he said one time, one time he said, so don't take it for granted. You know what I mean? So anyway, we win Spez, Jason Spezza comes in, we win game five. Chris Phillips scores a big goal in, in game six uh, in overtime. Now we're coming home. And I remember early on, Magnus Arvison scores, put us up one nothing. And I think if it's any other team, the game's over. And, because they were so veteran that didn't let them face. But the place went nuts. We had all the energy, and they just held us off. And then they had a 2-1 lead going into uh, the third period. And I remember I was saying to the guys, like, we're in about 100 games here right now, guys. We got to play a hundred more to get back to this spot. So let's leave everything out there, which is a bit of a cliche. Everyone's going to leave everything out there in a game seven, right? Radic Bonk scores pretty early. And then uh, Jeff Friesian scores late in the game. Uh, just takes the energy out. And if you let me continue years later, uh, I'd retired for quite a bit. We went to Anaheim as a family vacation and the ducks put us up in a suite. There's some California angels pitchers in there. Brad May was in there and Jeff Friesen was in there and he's sitting right behind me. And I haven't seen Jeff Friesen since game seven of that game. And he's got his couple young kids there. And I turned to his daughter, I believe, and said, your dad ripped the heart right out of me. And that's all I said to her. And, and he just, he's sitting there and he just smiles and he's laughing. And she's like, daddy, daddy, what does he mean? And he goes, Oh, I, scored a goal against his team. You know what I mean? And the way Jeff Friesen handled it, it was just so classy and so unbelievable. And we had a laugh about it, but oh my God, that goal just killed us. This might be a bit of a loaded question, but like you played, we talked about Alfredson. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Mike Medano fan. You know, you got to play uh, with the stars. Um, when you go back to like your days and you're practicing it and just guys that maybe that, you know, as a defensive guy, that you were just, I don't want to say awestruck, but guys that just had skill that maybe people don't know, like not the Gretzky's and Lemieux's, but guys kind of behind the scenes that you practice with every day that just had so much skill that maybe didn't get the credit that they deserved on the skill front. Boy, how much time we have here because it's crazy. <laughs> like like Peter Schaefer, uh, you know, played in Brandon. He could protect the puck like nobody. Martin Havlat had so much patience, such great skill. Um, but talking about the Dallas stars, like how many guys you see with their Jersey flying behind them from my time, there's one Mikey Moe was about the only guy like that. And those practices in Dallas, Madano and Hull would pass the puck so hard. Like I couldn't shoot the puck as hard as they're passing. It was crazy how hard they would snap that puck around. And then I remember doing uh power play PK and Sergei Zuboff had the patience of a cat burglar. 
I'm telling you, you would keep coming and keep coming. You're like, he's got to move it. He's got to move it. And it would just be, you're getting closer and closer and closer. And you're like, he has nowhere to go. And he would just slip it by you every single time. It was, you know, and it was mind blowing how talented he was and how much patience he had with the puck. And then another guy, Yuri Lettinen, who kind of played with Hall and Medano, just an unsung, quiet, hardworking, great stick, great in the forecheck, penalty kill. He could play some power play if you wanted. And, and another great guy. But Going into that dress room when I was about 32, you felt like a rookie. You know, you got Neuendijk, you got Modano, you got Hull, you got Hatcher, Mapachuk, Eddie Belfar, Zuboff, Daryl Sador, you know, Kirk Muller, John McClain showed up later on, Mike Keane. Like, it was, it was crazy, you know? And, uh, but it was, it was like, it was a pleasure to play there. They'd lost in the Stanley Cup that year before, and Guy Carboneau had retired, and they thought I would come in and try and replace Guy Carboneau. No one replaced <laughs> Carbono, I can tell you that right now. You must have a good Brett Hall story. Like everyone we've had on that played with him, I always had like a pretty good story about him. Well, with Halsey, anything that popped into his head, I want to say always came out. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I remember one game in Calgary. <clears throat> I had the pleasure of playing with Brett Hall. And I said in the dressing room, they used to have these. I don't know, they were a big piece of paper. They'd put it up in all the lines. And I wore 27, but I wore 22 for so long. And Kirk Muller wore 22. I'd get confused sometimes. And I was like, okay, no, 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 you're 27. <laughs> anyway, I'm with Brett Hall. <laughs> Brett Hall was not as excited to play with me as I was to play with him. Um, Brett, Brett was just sort of average that game, we'll say at best. You know what I mean? Anyway, he loved playing with Mike Badano. And who wouldn't love playing with Mike Badano? But anyway, that was about the only game I played with Halsey, and I don't think I lasted three periods with him. But I was blown away with Brett Hall, how little he shot the puck. He passed the puck way more. I thought this guy was, you know, scoring 70 goals and all that, just fires the puck at will. He was such a smart hockey player, passed the puck so well. I, I always thought if he shot the puck a little more back then, he would even have more goals. But he was great. I, I loved Halsey. You know, almost 800 goals or 800 games in, in the show. Um, what player, when you go back, did you learn the most from? Wow. that's I've asked that question to some guys, and I'm asked, where did you learn how to play hockey? You know what I mean? Like, how did you learn to play with that? That is, that's a good one. Like, we watched, well, you know, we got the one game on Saturday Night Hockey Night in Canada. We would watch that, like, so intently, but... I'm not really sure who, who I watched. It's just, it's just a matter of always watching the game and trying to pick up little things that certain guys did. Um, just because I think coming from small town Saskatchewan back then, you were such a late bloomer because you weren't on the ice as much. You know, you were on other things and you'd play like there's playing pickup or playing, you know, just with friends. You would learn stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think that way we're constantly trying to get better. I wish I could give you one guy that I looked up to. But well, you think... seem like you seem like such a student of the game, right? So guys like that kind of gravitate towards each other in the room or on the road, maybe. And, you know, you're kind of talking about things. I thought maybe there was a guy that, you know, you, you, again, felt that he was going to get into coaching as well, that you guys would kind of talk about tactic and, and things like that. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe back then a little bit, everyone was so focused on their game to try and stay where they are. Now, as, it, as the years went on and I became older, we would talk about face-offs. Like, there was a year Dave Anderchuk owned all us centers, and no one could really win a draw. And 
I won a couple draws by going behind him. And then I passed that on to Bonky, who was on the power play, and Dave was killing penalties. And then we would all talk about that. But we were constantly back in the Ottawa days then talking about faceoffs, how to win more faceoffs against. If some guy had one guy's number, we would, you know, like Bobby Holik was really good and big and strong. Lindros was, was a monster on skates. You know what I mean? So we would talk more about stuff like that, I guess. What about, uh, what about coaching now? Is there one coach that you had that maybe you would say you tailor your court coaching style to more than a, anybody else or take a little bit of piece, pieces from everybody that you had as a coach or any one guy stand out? I, I would say the piece is, is probably more accurate. Like, like Jock Martin was so patient. I'm not as reserved as Jock. I'll never be as reserved as Jock. Uh, the last, when we made the playoffs for the first time in Ottawa, it was the last game, the 82nd game of the year. We scored really late to win. And uh, we went in the dressing room. We were going absolutely bonkers. Jock, never, his face never even changed. Not even a smile, not nothing. And I was just, I couldn't imagine being that reserved. And he just kept everything inside. You know what I mean? Uh, so a little bit from him, Perry Pern was another good one who ran the power play. He always said to me as a coach, if you get excited about explaining the drills, the players will be excited about doing the drills. I always remembered that Ken Hitchcock had a really good system, really pushed hard. Hitch was a different guy, but he was a really good coach. Um, those, those guys there would probably be, you know, the guys that I probably took the most from. It, Shane and I both have uh, Shane and I both have young kids, and and I know you're you're coaching now, and and again a, a defensive uh, specialist. Are there is there a few things that that you would say to young kids, or how would you you know maybe a few things that you would teach young kids on how to play defense, how to play the defensive side of the puck, because kids are so you know um, focused now on the skill part of the game. You know what what are what are a few things to teach a kid how to play on the defensive side of the puck that you teach. Well, that is, a, that is a good question because everybody wants to score and everyone thinks they're going to score every single shift. So it's a, it, it takes patience. And a lot of times the young guys are getting into something before the play is developed. So we're always trying to preach being above the puck and get our stick on pucks all the time. Stick on puck, stick on puck. And stick position is a huge thing. Um, we're still in the process of trying to get better with that. But I think it starts getting it in their head um, because a lot of times in a desperate situation, somebody wants to hit the guy where in that situation, probably your stick is your best friend because it's going to be longer than, and it'll be quicker to get to the puck than your body will. So that's what we're trying to teach. They want to hit somebody. Let's use our stick to get our stick on the puck. We're better off with that. Like we talked about, you called it a career, um, in, in Ottawa. Uh, first off, you know, like, did you know, like what, why, why was it over? Did you have any chances to go over to Europe because you see a lot of guys go over to Europe for a few years uh, was there any of that in play yeah well it, it's funny uh I was 36 the lockout happened uh you know I don't think anyone was really looking for players back then just because I think everyone knew the lockout was going to happen and then like in 06 I did player development and I would skate with some of the guys in Binghamton and I would be like geez like I'm sure they were going out having a few drinks because they knew they weren't probably playing in the playoffs. But anyway, it was it, it would have been nice to kind of go. But I had three kids, three young kids at the time. Uh, my our our son has autism, so that's a little more challenging at sometimes. And uh, but that first year away from not playing hockey, you're just lost. You, you never really find something you love as, as much as playing hockey. And that's 
it's kind of a little disappointing. You know what I mean? You got to find other things, but hockey is such a great sport and being in the dressing room with the guys is arguably one of the best things in the world. Before we get into rapid uh, fire to end it off here, um, I got to ask, you know, where, where hockey is right now, you're coaching, you're watching a lot of hockey. Um, do you ever kind of sit back and, and go, I never thought the game would be where it is, right? Because it was such a tough game and it was hitting and you had to be big. And now, you know, we, we get the fortunate, uh, we're fortunate to watch Connor Bedard here in Regina and, and just where the game is, there's not a lot of hitting. It, it's different. Do you ever go back and go, man, I, I never thought the game would be where it is. Well, it's like in junior hockey and NHL, it's like at university hockey, it's still kind of, it's a, it's a real heavy game. Like it's senior. Like, yeah, <laughs> it is, it's, but when you watch the other, the one thing that blows me away with, with today's hockey is when guys have the puck, they never think they're going to get hit and they put themselves in terrible positions. If we did that in our, a veteran on our team would say, Hey kid, don't do that again. Keep your head up. Know when someone's coming nowadays, they're drawing penalties, doing this stuff. And, someone's going to get hurt. You know what I mean? Like um, that's the part that really surprises me about today's game, but it's so fast. You know what I mean? And like you look at McDavid and Edmonton, like who skates like that and how do you train to be like that? You know? Um, But it's, and not only that, the sticks have changed everything too. how guys shoot. Everyone can shoot the puck. Now back in our era, there's probably two or three guys you maybe had to worry about that can rip it. Now everyone can rip it. And that's a credit to the sticks too. You're a, you're a small town Sasky boy. You must have some, you must do some Sask recruiting for Carlton. Hey, bringing some of that prairie toughness. I got a couple farmers from Saskatchewan. <laughs> I got uh, Blake Allen out of Davidson, Caleb Bullich out of Foam Lake. I had Dakota Odgers who is an absolute beauty. What a great family. Um, yeah, we, we, if we can get some small town Saskatchewan kids, it's really tough because they want to go to the U of S, right? And, uh, you know, we try and root the guys like, well, they typically always have big hearts. Um, but those guys, you know, like come here to the city, Ottawa is not that overwhelming like other cities. And we've done a pretty good job of getting some Western League guys. We've probably about half our team right now is at Western guys, which the OHL guys are like, why do we need all these WHL guys? And we get the odd Q guy. But for the most part, we recruit as much as we can from the WHL. Love it. All right, let's uh, let's get into rapid fire to uh, to finish this off. Shane, uh, the the floor is yours. Okay, so in your NHL days, your favorite road barn or road city? It can be anything, like from the food to the nightlife. To anything? What was your favorite place to go? Well, I love Boston because I could walk around there. I'm a massive Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots fan, so that was always to go there. Um, I like I love playing in Madison Square Garden. It for some reason it just like one of our assistant coaches, Mike Murphy, on a pregame skate said afterwards, go walk through the city, soak up the energy, and bring it to the game. And I like never forgot that it was Madison Square Garden was always a great. The ice was never great, but that was fine for me. Uh, that was one of the rinks I loved. Always looked forward to going back to Edmonton, Calgary. Usually had family come up and watch those two games. Um, and, and playing in Anaheim was, was always as awesome as you can imagine. Who was the guy that you played with in the show that had a, a crazy, could be a goalie, could be a player, had a crazy pregame ritual or something that he did before games? That's easy one for me. Bruce Gardner uh, played with him in Ottawa. 
he would put a stick in the toilet when he wasn't scoring, or he'd put he would draw an eye on the blade, like an actual like a eyeball on his blade, so that it could see the net. Uh, that's that's what I remember from Bruce. Favorite Saskatchewan not climax road barn or a rink you remember <laughs> you enjoyed playing in growing up? Oh boy. Um, you know, cause we basically played in either console East end or Gall Lake. There wasn't Gull a Lake, lot yeah. back then. Console was really, mm. really tiny. Um, no showers in that rink when I played senior there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Well, are, are there might, are there showers now? I, don't know. I told you you could go shower at the wheat at the elevator across the street. I'm like, I'll just stink all the way home. I, I remember one of the, I think the only game we played senior hockey in console, we met a guy going in. My brother and I drove in from Shaunavan. The rest of the guys came in from Frontier. And the guy goes, here comes trouble. Well, he was right. We got into it that night. Uh, I got high stick through the neutral zone and my buddy Dave came off the bench and basically hogtied the guy and steer wrestled him to the ice and, and it was on. And anyway, we were losing 2-1, and my brother was upset, and the fans were chirping him. And he said, you wait, 11-2, 11-2. And ended up being 11-2 at the end of the night. It was, <laughs> that's, that, that's a great old ring, too. A lot, it's really tough with old rings in, Shawna, or in Saskatchewan not to love them. Um, one guy in the NHL, and, you know, we talked to a lot of guys about playing guilty and, you know, the guiltiest they ever played and whatnot, but maybe one guy that you played with in the show that when you had a day off or you'd go out at night that you, you couldn't keep up with, you had, you had to go home early because uh, you know, it, it was just a different level. Uh, well, not so much the NHL, uh, the minor leagues, my left winger could go with anybody. Uh, he was usually double fisted <laughs> most nights, double fisted like a couple beers. And then he would just go higher and higher with the, the harder stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, it was funny. It's hard to believe. I don't even know if I should be saying this, but I'll tell you. So we won the Calder Cup. We went 14-2 and two or 13-2. and two. It, was, it was weird. Anyway, the guys would go so hard after games. And the only two games that we lost in those playoffs is the nights they didn't go out. So <laughs> after the first loss, they, we played Freddie. We lost in overtime or double overtime. They went out and really got hydrated. And... Uh, we'd always play day off play. It was always like that. And then we won the next game. Well, holy cow, here they go again. And it was just continuous. And then we got to the final against Rochester and they didn't go out the first game and we lost in overtime. And then they went out again and uh, it was weird. Uh, we went Edmonton and Buffalo back then weren't the most generous teams. We had to go on the same plane. They'd rented a plane. and It was like at like eight, nine o'clock at night. And they, uh, so they, for some reason, we sat down first. Instead of putting us in the back, they put us in the front row, and they had to walk by us. And our oh. guys were at the so-called racetrack, which was – they'd went to a bar and drank till 9 o'clock. So they were well-informed. We'd had a five-on-five five in the first game. And uh, anyway, there was a few words back and forth. And But anyway, that's, that's just how it was. But that team went hard. Like, it's – I don't think of team like – well, I don't know. Probably they have. But that team was at a different level. Is it is it true that you're a bit of a, a trivia buff, NHL NHL trivia? We do. We have a pickup skate every Wednesday at our rink with a bunch of pros. We typically do trivia every every single Wednesday. All right, can I, I, can, I'm going to ask you my go-to and see see if you can get it. Eight guys in the NHL have scored 70 goals in a season. Can you name them? 
Eight guys have scored 70 goals. Well, I'll go with Gretzky, Lemieux, Hull, Bernie Nichols. Uh, is OV on there? Nope. No OV. Uh, Yari Curry? Yep. Boy, oh boy. This is one Canadian and, and two Euros. 70 71 Canadian. 70 71? Yeah. Oh, Guy? Or... No. Espo. No Guy. I'll, I'll give you Espo. Espo. Oh, yeah. Come on. I should have had that one. And then. Yeah, keep going. And then, uh, okay, so one of the Euros, he did it really young in a Canadian city. Big celebration. Big celebration when he did it. Did he play right wing in Anaheim? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I played with him in Anaheim. Team of Slot. Yeah, and then the last guy you're missing is a Russian. Oh. Alex? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. That's uh, that's my go-to all the time. That's a good one. Like, we have, like – Nichols is usually the tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's what? Is there four or five guys that had 150 points in in a year, right? And that Bernie Nichols had 75, 75 one year. And then you got Espo, you got Gretz, you got Lemieux, and Stevie Y. I think those are the only five guys in NHL history with 150 points. Wow. McDavid McDavid might do it this year. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. He's on pace. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Um, The one, I'll give you the one today. I don't. Like it was an Ottawa Senator one. Six Swedes in Ottawa Senators history played over 150 games. Oh, I won't get that. Yeah, never. Okay. Alfie. 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 Yep. Carlson. Yep. Havlat was Czech, wasn't he? Correct. Um, oh man, that's a lot. That's a lot of Swedes we're missing. Big pressure. Okay. Well, the, think of this one later on. We can talk another time. This is a great trivia question. You guys want a good? Former head coaches who got a hundred points in a season. <laughs> think, think that's a hard one. Think on that one. That is that is one of the best <laughs> trivia questions out there. We'll put it out on our socials. We'll see how many yeah. people get it. Yeah, that's I right. Think there's ten. Gretzky. There you go. I was waiting for that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, Sean. Yeah. Thanks, Matter. No, no problem. It, you guys, thank you very much. It was uh, it was a lot of fun doing this. You guys are really easy to talk to. Yeah, it's late there too. We appreciate you staying up late. Well, my son only got up at four today, so um, <laughs> it's not not a big deal. Hopefully, he gets past four tonight uh, this morning. Uh, right, right on. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Sean. Yeah, take care, guys. Like we talked about, great interview there with Mr. Sean Van Allen, now coaching university hockey. A lot of great stories and. Uh, <laughs> I think, again, he came on expecting maybe 10-minute uh, jap with just yeah. some clowns from Saskatchewan. And at the end, he was like, well, that was uh, that was pretty buttoned up. You guys know what, you, know what you're doing. And great stories. The senior hockey stuff, just top-notch. Yeah, I, I love, you know what, even some stuff I forgot on there was when he'd come back, when he was playing in the NHL, and I was just a young buck there in the Broncos and we were, we would skate in the summer and he'd come back and just like how fast and quick and like that pro speed when I was like a 16, 17 year old kid, it was just freaking crazy. But I always thought, he, I always thought till our interview and and we looked that up, I always thought he was from born and raised and from Shaunavan. That's where they kind of had promoted him from. Right. So I didn't even know he's from Climax until that interview, but no, it was great. Really good interview and super great guy. I, yeah. I, li- I lived in Shaunavan 
for for a bit there when I when I started my radio career. Great town. Some really, some really nice. It was CJSN. That's the satellite station. Yeah, six a.m. CJSN right? News with Barry. Uh, it was it was it was great, and it was that's when I met his brother Troy, uh, and you know played rec hockey, and he kind of ran the Shonovan Badgers back then. So rest in peace to to Troy. It was one of those guys, you know, when you move into a small town or go to a different town, kind of just took you in. Yeah. You know, one of the boys and and all that. And I don't know if I would have survived many more months if I didn't uh, have anyone to hang out with down there because I just go to the theater to the to the station and then back home but yeah the van allen guys and i i thought too that they were from shonovan he was from shonovan your terrible run in shonovan sounds worse than my six months in manitoba during covid (laughs) couldn't even get a haircut (laughs) Uh, geez let's not go too far back into it um Interview wrap-up for 2020 Geomatics, land surveying firm located in Regina, dedicated to serving rural Saskatchewan in municipal construction, real estate, and land development, 100% Saskatchewan-owned, but they specialize in, fellas, subdivisions, right-of-ways, property boundaries, 2020geomatics.com. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. 2020geomatics.com. Check them out. That's what I wanted to mention. I was, I was going to ask you, ask you a question, and I think you answered it. They can help you out when you have problems with your neighbors. Where does yeah. my property line start? Where does it end? They're the guys to call. Exactly. I might have, I might have to get them over. I don't, I don't know, know if that. I don't know if the fence Devito put up is on is in the right area or not. I don't know. Maybe she's too far over my side. Maybe They'll I stake own that the shit fence. out. They'll stake maybe that. Maybe I shit own out. the fence. Never know. Maybe yeah, I own. Maybe it. maybe that boat dock that you had an issue with wasn't even yours maybe it wasn't even mine who knows i stole it from somebody we won't know until we get 2020 out there you know i drove by your house the other day because i had to pick up my daughter and you know who you are literally steps away from being not devito you know who you are almost you're almost car on lawn on blocks guy because I drove by your house, you got like a dishwasher outside by the garbage. You know, hey, you know who dishwasher that is? Former Regina Pats GM Brent Parker. I changed his dishwasher for him, and he's like, "Can you take the old one away?" And I was like, "Sure." Threw it back in my truck. I meant to dump it, and then one day I was like, "Oh my god!" I still got the dishwasher truck. I got to take all this freaking kids' equipment, and it was because I had to pick up your daughter too. So I grabbed it. Threw it there, and it's it's still there right now. She's sitting there right now. So a, a couple of things on that. If anyone sees uh, <laughs> when when thaw comes this spring, if you see a dishwasher on the side of Ring Road by the mattresses, you know you know who to call. It's me, Shane Belter. Hmm. And the second part to that, I if next time you guys are in Saskatoon, you got to go uh, right by where my mom's mom lives in 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 the old uh, the old neighborhood. Inland Steel is down there and they have this area that people just dump their old appliances. So it'd be perfect for you. You perfect. could take this and just dump it there. And, and then, I wouldn't have to be sneaky about or feel bad no. kicking it out in the ring road. I could just dump it normally. So then what the locals do on their bikes, they go and they start going through all this yeah. and they start peeling out parts and copper sure. and all this stuff. So my mom, you know, old Ukrainian lady, always complaining about something. She's like, ah, Look at them. They're going. To, I'm like, what? They're not hurting anything. They're they're being uh, resourceful. Exactly. Making making fire pits out of the dryer rings. Exactly. Belts has got a big Cummins N14 engine on his <laughs> lawn. 
<laughs> just on blocks yeah oh, working man. on the engine see what happens when we don't get uh, together for a couple weeks <laughs> go sideways yeah so it was, uh 2020 uh geomatics dynamite dynamite you guys want to do uh senior hockey or should we roll into some uh take a seats i'm good for whatever let's go let's go take a seat let's get take a seats done let's go fellas Rusty shovel. If you if you dropped off some uh, some old old appliances, he'd have a place to put them. He's got a lot. Oh of yeah, there. he'd probably kick them out back. I think it goes right down to the tracks behind his place. There, they probably lots of crap back there. When he, I'd be like, hey, where can I put this? He's like, just throw it over the fence. It'll <laughs> just roll down the hill. And then with the amount of snow this year, the you melt, even know. they'll just start washing away. Yeah, just make the. It's like paddle to the sea. Did you ever watch that in elementary school? That little uh, canoe that they carved and it makes its way from wherever all the way to like Hudson Bay. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a uh, rusty shovel, by the way. Did you know you can go to their website and you can click a button in it? You can just like start doing your own landscape plans Job. right on yep. their website. Yeah. It's basically like uh, a one-stop shop to get your plans done for spring. Rusty shovel.ca. What do you guys I have? Get- I don't know what I have here for seats oh i i got i got one uh, i got one messaged in from a from a nooner listener and i and i have to agree and i think you guys will as well he said and this guy's not this guy the guy that sent it's not uh, a shit disturber he he doesn't really like to to badmouth anybody but he said take a seat to drive throughs that don't clear their snow because now it's getting so bad that you get into some of these ruts and you can like wreck your mirror or your door. Yeah. Going through to get a coffee or whatever. So take a seat, all drive throughs that don't uh don't clear their snow. How about better yet, don't go to those places? How I got a question though. What would you get in there? Like, would like Jimmy Crack Corn be out there like shoveling? Or like how would you would you be able to get like a bobcat you don't, between some of you those? You don't know how to you don't know how to shave your ruts? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's it's a uh, yeah in there well, because they got the big they got the big uh you know the the cement barriers where you kind of you got to stay inside of them no. would they have something that would fit in there Bob you see them all oh, the time Bob Cat guy. places places that are that are on point you know they they when they have a they got to clear the snow in the they parking snow lot removal guy clear the snow through the drive through some of these right. places are just lazy and cheap well since we're gonna probably. Uh... Belts is probably going to go after hockey Regina if I can foreshadow, but I'm going to go after no, the not. city of Regina because yeah. uh, I think the drive-thrus, yes, but I find that the side streets this year oh, so have been not cleaned up at all. Like the streets I drive on, there's ruts a foot into the ground too because the streets haven't been cleared all winter. Like I don't know if they're short on equipment or employees or what. It just seems like the level of service in the street clearing has not been normal this year up to the standard of previous years. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a shot at City of Regina, it is to the fact that you have to put in a service request to get an outdoor rink flooded. Like these kids want to go play outdoor hockey, so yeah, they clear the snow, but when there's rain or melting like we've had and then freezing again, those outdoor rinks are garbage. You gotta flood them. Oh, and you have to like they don't just do it. No, they're they're lazy. I don't know what the the schedule is for flooding, but it, it seems what? to be that they, they clear the snow off it. And then they expect these kids to go. Some of them are getting hurt. There's massive ruts. Can someone just please have the common sense to flood these things once a week? I could tell you the resources aren't cleaning the streets. So I don't know what they're, uh, 
Not <laughs> they're up to, but there's massive ruts, ruts everywhere. Ruts skating. Oh, our uh, our city Rutsville. councilor in our area is a massive dork. Pigeon. So that's probably massive pigeon. Gary Greenwell? Uh, no. no. Oh, we would take Gary with open arms. Gary would make that happen too. He'd be out there if he had to with a shovel, no tool. Yeah, Gary would make NOD great again. <laughs> he, he would. Uh, take a seat on that for me. Another one. Uh, goalies that playing wreck or playing whatever, you get hit in the head and you complain. <laughs> and you take your shit off and you make a big deal about it and you stop the game. Hey, hot tip. You're a goalie. You're going to get hit in the head. <laughs> Oh, I love that one for many reasons. Okay. So this, hey, Ma- is this a Friday nooner or what? Is this a shot at old, what's his name? Razor or Eddie or whatever his name is? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it, it, it could be, but it, there's a lot general. of those guys out there. Everybody yeah. knows that guy. Everybody knows that. The guy at Friday nooner is just looking for a break to catch his wind. Let's be honest. <laughs> Quick spra- splash of water. Okay, Belts, what do you got? All right. I got um like marketplace seller guy who's like, Bought this for 330 tax in, but I'll let you have her for 315. Like, come on, buddy. People aren't gonna give you 315. They'll just go pay 330, get their full warranty for it. If you bought something like that, put it up for about 240, 230, give somebody a hundred dollar break and you'll sell it. That guy is the biggest pidge ever. Take a seat. No sales experience, None. no used uh Use item experience. Save five bucks, but you yeah. have to come pick it up in the east end when you live in the north. It's like, yeah. come on, he's gonna deliver to my door for three thirty. He he's the guy that has the garage sale and he still has the price tag that he kept and he puts the price tag back on it. Well, this was ninety dollars. Yeah, well, it's obsolete. <laughs> it's they a collector's don't, item. They don't make VHSs anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Paid two hundred and ninety for this, this thing back well, in this, 74. This is the one that how you can record. You got two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny there it is take a seat son rusty shovel mentioned it rusty shovel.ca to get that uh quote going for your landscaped project the rusty shovel.ca i want to talk some senior hockey fellas and we will do a deeper divulge into some of the uh provincial it's a huge weekend coming up it's kind Big. of the uh like there's two series who have started in d we mentioned uh kyle and and bigger and then Delisle and Robert both started wins for Kyle and Delisle say that five times fast, but most of them start this weekend in regards to a lot of the provincial a, some of the B, some of the C getting underway this weekend. So we'll maybe do a deeper, deeper dive into some of those matchups coming up on our senior hockey twirl a little bit later on this week. I do want to say quickly, if you're in the Regina area, Saturday night, Lumsden Monarchs host the uh, Winyard Monarchs. So that's going to be a good provincial A matchup if you're close to the city and you're looking to take in some uh, action with a team from the Capel and a team from the Long Lake. We should, Monarchs, you know what we Monarchs. should have done. You know what we should have did on that one. We should have really got people behind it, put it on social, had it trending. Loser of that series has to change their name. Not too late. Good idea. Uh, and then this also coming up this weekend. I want to mention, because it's a game that I want to try and get to. I don't know if it's going to be possible. That Davidson-Keniston, that fires. Saturday? Saturday In in Davidson. Oh, sorry, Lumsden. (laughs) Yeah. This thing in Lumsden was the play, but that's uh, that might be the play in Senior C. And we put them out on Twitter earlier this week, but we did the 
Kellen Enslev, our bracketologist, put out the pie charts of everybody's, uh, I guess, answers for who's going to win provincials for every division. And actually, in Provincial C, 66% of the respondents said it's going to be Keniston or Davidson that wins provincials. So and they're in the two-thirds first round. of the people think that uh, the winner's coming out of that first round series. So I thought that was an interesting little nugget there. I'll let you guys uh, pull up some other bracket stuff here while we give the sponsors of that bracket challenge uh, shout out because it would have never happened without them because it is taking a lot of time to get this going. Uh, we mentioned Roof Mart, Saskatoon, Regina, and Prince Albert. They obviously ship. It's your exterior building supply company. When it comes to roofing, they're both residential and commercial. Siding, vinyl, fiber, cement, and metal. They got wall insulations and vapor barriers. So the next time that you're in the market for any of those things, ask your builder or your contractor, do you uh, buy your stuff from RoofMart? And if he says no, then say, I need you to buy it from RoofMart because I'm a listener of the Nooner and the Nooner doesn't survive without... uh, Nice guys uh, like the Roof Mart people. Yeah, say that. Those exact words. Get a deal. Uh, Provincial A. (laughs) Free hat. Provincial A. I just want to go over some of the replies from our listeners, or I guess uh, the pie chart, breaking down who everybody thinks is going to win. And I think this is crazy. I think this is just nuts. 56. And I should preface this by saying we maybe had more entries from certain areas of the province and that might somewhat have reflected the uh, replies and the percentages of winning 56% of people in our bracket challenge say the Kindersley Clippers are going to win provincial a more than half. Wow. The next closest percentage wise, the Drake connects 17 and we know they play each other in the first round. So 73% of people think the winner is going to come out of Kindersley Drake round one. The third highest percentage is Winyard at 11. I think some Katy Perry dark horses here. 1% of people say Leroy, which I think is crazy low. Some huge value there. Wamsden, wow. Milestone, Hafford, all 2%. Belcares, 3%. So that's crazy. Out of 11 teams, 56% think uh, Kindo is going to win Provincial A. Man, a guy can make some good cash, but maybe on Leroy, a couple 10, the 10K. That, yeah, the Saskatoon Braves, they, they could be a dark horse for sure. The people are starting to message us direct message with bets let me know if anybody uh, wants to get in i got a hundred on this team if anyone <laughs> wants to take me and we're like we should fire it up the nooner betting we should underground get a, get a yeah underground betting uh, hey the one rule about on. fight club belts you don't, don't talk, talk about, about fight, fight club this is not something we want to uh we're oh. gonna do it we're not gonna talk about it openly how fast uh, could we get uh, play now uh, through Sega on board with just something get it here? buzzing? Oh my yeah. God, can you think? Even some of my buddies and I will bet on Western Hockey League on a real site, and I swear when we place our bets, the lines change. <laughs> like, because there's probably so few people betting on these certain right. sports. Like, obviously NFL, we're pigeons, whatever NHL. But I swear to God, when I bet on the Regina Pats, it moves, the, it moves the line. Move quick, the needle quickly. Provincial B, you got something quick. I was just going to say percentage uh, or maybe not percentage, but how many guys, if you were able to bet on senior hockey provincials would throw games. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of integrity when it comes to the Sasky <laughs> fellas. No. If, if, if I'm going to pull in an extra two K and I'm not yeah. making the 400, 500 sticks and gas. 
Never thought of that. Oh, ooh, I threw that muffin right up the middle. Breakaway <laughs> overtime goal. <laughs> Keep the change. Yeah. So provincial <laughs> B, uh, Joe Say, who's in president of the Sask West League, want to give out him a shout out in Wilkie because he hung up some posters at the post office and at the rink for the bracket challenge. And I think it paid dividends because 34% of people in B, I think we got a lot of traction in the Wilkie area, pick the outlaws to win it all. I'm not saying that's a, I think that's a good pick, but that uh, was the leader. Grenfell, 22%, Wadena, 16%, and 8% of people picked Willow Cree. I think maybe Carlisle at 7% and Rokenville at 4 could be a sneaky value play, we'll call them, without any official uh, money on the board. I was just going to ask you who's your value pick in that <laughs> one. Maybe, maybe that'll be a new thing, Brandon's value pick. Um, if we had odds, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, while while you while you guys look up the uh, another one here, let's give a plug to GB Construction. They jumped on board to sponsor the bracket challenge. Uh, they're always supporting senior hockey, minor hockey, everything like that. So Al Batters and his crew from GB Construction and Richie Brothers Auctioneers. It's always auction season. We're going to give them their full read here in a bit. But Richie Brothers GB Roof Mart and then Elk Ridge. Like the the prize package is two Elk Ridge. If you don't know what you're winning. Uh, that, that other podcast, they, they did it live. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't get to listen to it, but, uh, it sounded like they were really horny for the Elk Ridge package and who wouldn't, be, who wouldn't be two night stay in a three bedroom cabin or townhouse, eight green fees with a power cart, a private limo ride. If you want to rip, rip into Waska Sioux and have a few, and then a hundred dollar gift card to the wild, which is the tavern on site at Elk Ridge. So Ryan Dadenberg. Uh, Ryan Wells, everyone up there in Elk Ridge, thanks for jumping on uh, with the prize pack. First things first, I think those Mydale fellas are always horned up, so I don't think the bracket challenge changed much uh, for them. But quickly, Provincial C, I mentioned Keniston, Davidson, two-thirds. Uh, 46% of that thinks Keniston is going to repeat. 20% on Davidson. 15% of respondents on Redvers. And then it gets down to 4% with uh, Langenberg, Assiniboia, and then down to 3 or 2% Eston, Dinsmore, Rosetown, et cetera. So, yeah, again, that Keniston-Davidson series starting up this weekend could potentially, according to our listeners, be the uh, provincial champion. We will get into the totals and how many people entered in a minute, but quickly, Belts, Provincial D, man, this is by far the most wide-open race because I think, Belts, I think you maybe took Crake, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, second ride my horse, Mikey. Got to ride, ride him. He was limping around the other day. Looked like he said the hips are a little sore. So you never know. I don't know. They took one on the chin in the Wheatland the other day in in league. But uh, Kyle, thirty one percent of people think Kyle is going to win provincial D. Twenty five percent on the Craig Warrior. So really tight between those two. Nineteen percent on Carnduff. So almost eighty percent of people think it's going to be one of those three Sweet. teams. And then Macklin Theodore at eight percent. So. By far, according to our listeners, the most wide open is Provincial D with three real, uh, really good opportunities, and then a couple other teams with a chance as well. Senior Senior Hockey Soiree. Who do we usually give that to? That's a yeah, that's Great Western. We already give them the plug, the beer deal, as always from Great Western. Get in on it, and uh, I just want to give another plug to Last Mountain Distillery. If you are going out to maybe watch that uh, Battle of the Monarchs, Lumsden and Winyard. You can go and pick up a bottle. And don't forget, they also make the local vodka and the local gin. And 10% of local profits 
go to goes to a different Saskatchewan charity each month. I just saw a picture the other day. They were giving it to I think the Wildlife Federation. Um, almost a hundred thousand dollars donated by Last Mountain Distillery. So you have a choice when it comes to your spirits. Remember the uh, local distillery that employs local people, everything local, and La- Last Mountain Distillery in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Proud supporter of the Monday Nooner. That's right. Yeah. And like I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, we will have a link coming soon. It won't really be relevant until some of these theories uh, start to wind up. But we will have a link with the standings for the Senior Hockey Bracket Challenge so you can play along and follow along to see if you're in line to win that uh, trip to Elkridge. We got the final number, I think, on on entries. And just for complete, I guess, transparency, you guys were like, you guys were thinking we'd get like a couple hundred. I was, my, my expectations were huge, bigger than it ended up being, but I obviously I think our, yeah, it's awesome. But what did we end up with? What was the final total number? I want to say it was around the 850 mark. Yeah. I think it was just over 800, somewhere between 800 and 850. So, and, and you and I with, you know, having a little bit of background in, in the radio biz and, and being around contesting and, and when it comes to promotions and stuff like that, if you're doing a contest that people have to spend 10 minutes and, and that's, that was probably average. Some people spent more on it to fill out something, a contest to win. Like if you get a hundred, if you get 200, that is huge for a radio yeah. station to get 800 plus entries, like good on everybody in Saskatchewan. Awesome. Good on all you DJs that just love to gamble and love make it. things interesting. Because uh, that's an excellent uh, turnout that we had without Kellen. Because we, I think we mentioned it on the last show, we sourced out how to get this done. Ready. And it just wasn't feasible at all. So our, our boy Kellen, who we still don't know what we have to give him, uh, came through. And I mentioned we would. Uh, oh, sorry, lost an AirPod here. Can you guys hear me? Well, I, <laughs> I mentioned. Hear I mentioned earlier. AirPod the down. Sh- there we go. AirPod Back in. down. You know, you know, wouldn't that have been something if that thing, if you would have been by a, a vent and it fell into? <laughs> oh the vent? yeah, I'd be crawling in that vent. So I had to call fast. a plumber to get it out. <laughs> These things are not cheap, fellas. You pay for the quality here. Um, and I'm the kind of guy that loses a bunch of shit, so it's only a matter of time. I was just going to say, I, I you're going to be one AirPod guy. <laughs> as long as they, as long as they have the charging dock thing, I can't get the, the link to open here that has our picks right now. I'm having some technical difficulties. So we'll do that on the senior show later this week. We'll tell everybody who we pick just, and well, we'll be on the standings page with everybody too. So you can play along with our picks, but we'll get into that a little bit on uh, our senior show this week and a new senior hockey top 10, by the way, belts and I were away. Who was the new number one last week? The new number one was the Winyard Monarchs. And then they like lost, it. right? Yeah. It's the curse. Curse. The nooner curse. It's unbelievable. I like our team's talking about this, thinking about it, maybe. Um, I've heard it. I've, on I've heard it starting to come out now. We're, we're, there's rumors and things are floating out there now. Yeah, it's the curse. They lost 7-6 to the uh, 10Ks in their first game as the number one team in Saskatchewan. So... <laughs> Man, that Long Lake League playoffs fire up here this week. Oof. In fact, when this comes out, there might even be some games happening. There are some heavyweight first-round matchups, and particularly one that I think is excellent. 
The four versus five is Wadena versus Drake. And the oh, four, yeah. four versus five, like that is just uh, a couple. You got Winyard and Watrous, Davidson and Lanigan, Wadena, Drake, Leroy, and Foam Lake. So a couple awesome series there. Uh, yeah. By the time this comes out, a lot of these leagues are already going to be into league playoff play. I know Sask West, Macklin's already moved on from the first round, and some of the other teams will by the time this comes out. But there's going to be some wars in the. What division is it where it's like all the teams from the Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League are playing each other? Uh, eh? Yeah, is that yeah. what? Like, there is going to be some absolute wars there if those teams have to play provincials and they have to play league against each other. Talk about the Arctic Spa specials. Bodies are going to be banged up. Bodies are going to be sore. And then I think, is there some teams in the big sexy too that have to are pitted against each other right sorry I'm- oxbow and carlisle and carlisle added the three k's now they're the carlisle three k's for provincials and they get oxbow rivals in round one most definitely you know what i love about the big six fellas i don't know how familiar you guys are with the southeast but just north of carlisle there's a place called the white bear first nation ding 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 nino i i saw some tweets at the fellas they love going to Carlisle and Oxbow and stuff because they roll through the bear claw after the game and just nice. hammer the slots. And I was like, because I saw tweets about the Nino. I'm like, where are these guys going? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a casino at White Bear. Yeah. Love to see it. Good job, love fellas. Love to see it. Um, high gotta, tech. Yes. High tech profile. High rate. High rate. Yeah, I got one. Who? High rate. Okay. High high tech, your steel processor, Saskatoon and Regina, anything you need from fire pits to freaking steel buildings, they'll be able to do it for you. So give me a show. Played, uh, we played uh, Trent Myers' uh, boy, Benny, the He's other good, day. Eh? He goes, snuck out a 3-1 win with an empty netter. That kid's a good goalie, and yeah. he's big. So he, he made some early saves. Uh, he robbed uh, he robbed my boy twice. I didn't rob, stopped him twice on uh, breakaways and then he stopped this one timer caleb benoit rylan edwards over to caleb benoit just slid across textbook save so i give him the thumbs up and an intermission i said to trent i said you know benny kind of gave me a wink and he skated over you know goalies do and i i gave him the thumbs up he's playing like he makes any more of those stops trent i'm giving him the other finger yeah (laughs) (laughs) get in his kitchen a bit and it's funny, you speak of Trent, and it kind of reminded me of my tirade today when I talked to him. His uh, daughter, Rosie, she's on the ice. He didn't think she'd want to play, and uh, she's all in. So he uh, asked me some questions about female hockey and stuff, because well, obviously I'm in it quite deep, and uh, that takes me to my tirade. My tirade is for these people, and I've kind of had some whatever. I won't say get into it too deep with that, but people that are professing to be like champions of female hockey, growing female hockey, this, that, and the other thing. And then they take their daughters and they're like, um, actually we're going to put them in mixed because, uh, they're, uh, they're too good. They're too good for female hockey. It's like, what you can't, you can't be this, this figure for female hockey and then take your daughters and put them in mixed hockey. Cause you think they're too good. Cause they're, trust me, they're not too good. Your daughters are not too good. 99% of them should just if if you want to champion that play in that female league, the female game is amazing from top to bottom right now. And the coaches and the people and the mentors that are involved in it, second to none. 
and uh, the game's growing, and these girls can play the game. Really good. And I don't know, I'm not going to speak on, you know, why they do it or how they do it. The one thing I think it was you, Brandon, you were going to try and source out to get that female coach. Can you maybe just brief people on, you You think yeah, she could from, be the first female coach yeah. in the National Hockey League? Jessica Campbell from uh, Rokenville. Right. I guess Rokenville's her hometown, but Mooseman's kind of what's on the the birth birth certificate in terms of online. But yeah, she coaches in the American hockey league with the uh, Flint. What is it? The new team. Oh man. The new team where Cole Lynn plays in the American league. It's their first year. Oh, and uh, uh, Grant the, the fear is their color commentator. Yeah. Palm Springs, something Valley. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a motive. No, that sounds. Uh... Coucherson coach. Cow. Cool. Coachella. Coachella. No. Coachella. Coachella. Yeah. Coachella Valley. Is it? Mm-hmm. I was close. Coachella Valley Firebirds. Now I, I talked to some guys who said she's going to, she's going to knock down the barriers of getting to the NHL. She'll be the first, uh, first female, which is so cool that she's a Sasky, right? Our, our friend, uh, cool. our friend Cole Lynn plays there. Yeah. Uh, L- Lindy plays there. So I'm sure maybe he can oh, reach Lindy. out, get her on, get her on the pod here with the guys. Can I say one more thing about the AirPods? Yes. You know what's so cool? I just went to the bathroom and I could hear the show the whole time. <laughs> Normally you have to run out, grab beer, go to the bathroom. The Bluetooth technology ran away from my computer. I heard the whole conversation you guys were having about uh, the tirade for high tech. That is just uh, technology at its finest. Big Simply AirPods. Outstanding. People are asking about our gear and uh, we do have a few and I think Brandon's going to throw out something on social media. We have a few of the new Canada Monday Nooner shirts left. If you haven't picked one up, you can DM us. A few, I don't know what sizes are available, but all of our gear is sponsored by GB Construction. Al Batters and the crew there love everything that they do. We got some new, we got the new tumblers coming. We're thinking about a new hat, but we do have on order a new t-shirt and I don't know when you're going to release this. I I can't see these things uh, lasting more than a day when we get them up for sale. When are they going to be boots on the ground? B O T G. I bet you it's a week. I bet you within a week we have these things. I sent a picture to to our friend Kelly Taylor, who's coming up on the pod here (laughs) right away. Yeah. He loves, he loved them. Love supporting the Monday and Nooner stuff, hey, but it's a white tarp, right? And some guy, I don't know why guys are so like you're anti white tarp guy, Shane. Yeah, but I uh, I sent a picture. He'll wear Kelly. this one. I, I will. A, I sent a picture to Kelly, and I and he says that's real effing nice. And then I I had something where he could wear it. One of his shows coming up down south, and he goes, he goes, only wear white shirts when I'm tanned, which is July thirtieth to thirtieth, or July third to thirtieth. <laughs> if you got green, I'll wear it all the time, hundred percent. It's it's white. It's a white tarp. So. We were gonna. I we did look at other colors, which I think we are open to doing. We just thought for this first run, let's do white. I thought it looked way crisper and cleaner than uh, looks nice. The, the black and the gray. We didn't Fellas, look at a green. I'm not sure how a green would green on green would listen. Wouldn't, wouldn't work. Listen, you can wear this. You can put your nice, your Sunday white shirt on now. Nooner tarp, wear it to, wear it to church. I don't yes, wear a lot of white either for a few reasons. One of them being 
I'm a spilly talker, right? Like I stain a lot of things. So they just don't last that long without they'll, getting all stained up. But they'll go with your uh ear pods now. Your AirPods, you could be buzzing now with your shirt. Earpod, AirPod, AirPod guy. guy. Yeah, but no, it's yeah, maybe uh, by the end of this week we'll put it out. Maybe we gotta get rid of some of these Canada shirts here too first. So white shirts, you, you have to be careful what you're eating because if it's soup season oh, and you're eating a lot of soup and all of a sudden you go, oh man, flattered. <laughs> Plus, I don't think you wear them after Labor Day either, right? So your options are kind of limited. <laughs> I mean, those are women women's skirts and capris. Oh, I don't wow. think it matters for men. Still be Just what I was told. Uh, GB, though. Thanks, GB Construction, everything there. That rink's still buzzing down there in Kipling that they put together. I see a tweet a, a week there. People sp- spinning there. Great work that GB Construction does around the province. What else? What are we missing? I think that's good, fellas. We'll be back uh, one of these days, tomorrow or the next day, with our Senior Hockey Top 10 show. So tune into that. We'll find out if the Wynyard Monarchs can stay at number one in just a couple days.